According to Tom Rayner, the majority of Protestant churches in America average 10 or less salvations a year. Let's change the stat. Welcome to GoCast, a podcast designed to inspire and equip pastors and leaders to lead soul-winning churches. We have a mission to go and make disciples. This is GoCast. Hey everyone, welcome to GoCast. I'm your host, Kelly Stickle, and I'm joined today by a special co-host, the other Tribble. This Hi. is <laughs> this is uh, Jen Tribble. This Hi. is Tim's wife. And today we're going to be, uh, we have you on here because we are doing a great conversation with Pastor Dave Myers mm-hmm. from Royal, Royal Oak, <laughs> easy for me to say, uh, Victory Church in Calgary, mm-hmm. Alberta. And uh, Pastor mm-hmm. Dave is really involved in the community. They've really t- turned Royal Oak into a community church. And you are a big part of doing that for our church in our community. Mm-hmm. You run My City Care, which yeah. is basically instead of expecting the community to come to our church, we're taking the church to the community. So you want to yeah. give a brief overview of what My City Care is? Yeah, for sure. Um, My City Care is kind of the activation of our church within our community. And so we have different initiatives we do throughout the year that basically build bridges into our community and connect our communities to hope. That's so good. Mm -hmm. And it's modeled after what Jesus did. I mean, Jesus really went and met needs first. And then before he preached, he often went and met felt needs and helped, you know, healed the sick. Yeah fed the hungry and and did these kind of things, which is what My City Care does, which is what Pastor Dave Myers is really doing with Royal Oak is he's opened up his church instead of just being, you know, a church service on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. He's got daycares in there. He's doing community events. He's turned it into a community center and he's really served the community. Well, surprise, surprise, that's had an impact on people Mm -hmm. meeting Jesus in that community because they've made that connection first. So has My City Care made an impact? Is there... You know, on on any anybody in the community that that we've seen a connection between the yeah. help and meeting Jesus. Absolutely. Um, one of the things that we've talked about several times in the church is, would a community miss us if we were gone? And I feel that over the last couple of years, we've only been doing my city care for about four years now. Yeah. I think we've definitely made uh, massive inroads into the community with different initiatives like Night to Shine. We've partnered with the community for our Christmas Hope campaign, which is a citywide initiative. Yeah that basically uh, meets the needs of toys and food for the community for Christmas. Um, And that's been a really successful collaboration between us and the city. So good. Mm -hmm. And we have seen individuals come in that we've given food hampers to, or that we've met in some of these these events that we put on and helped, who have come in, gave their life to Jesus, and then brought their entire family in. Yep. And they got saved, and it's yeah, yeah. it's pretty cool. <laughs> so it's it's really important to connect the church to the community, not not just be a church in the community, but really be the church. And Pastor Dave is great at it, and it we will love to you to hear this conversation that I have with Pastor Dave Myers of Royal Oak Victory Church and how to impact your community. Let's take a listen. Well, hi, Dave. Welcome to GoCast. It's so great to have you on the program. And uh, man, it's 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 uh, so good to to get to chat this way. Yeah, well, it's great to be here. I appreciate the opportunity. And um, yeah, always a great topic that we're going to be looking at. So yeah, so tell, tell us a little bit about yourself and our audience about uh, you and how you got started in ministry. You've had quite the journey. And so yeah, fill us fill us in with where God has, has led you? Well, I'll, I'll give you the Coles notes because that whole journey could take a long time. Um, 
never raised uh, a Christian. Um, I never went to church, but when I was 21 years of age, uh, I heard the gospel, came to Christ. It was a radical um, transformation for me. Um, started going to church. From there, I went into Bible college and then into the ministry. And um, it's been a bit of a whirlwind. But, uh, uh, yeah, served as an associate pastor in a large charismatic church uh, here in Calgary for five years. Then went out to the Maritimes, uh, planted uh, a church there, came back. Uh, joined uh, the Victory Churches and uh, uh, took over uh, the mother church that Pastor George and Hazel Hill planted here in the city. And I've been here now, my wife and I, for 22 years. Wow. That, that 22 years has fl- flown by. That's crazy. So tell us a little bit about Royal Oak uh, Victory Church. You guys just went through phase three, just completed phase three of your building project. But tell us about the last 22 years and about the church and where you're at now. Yeah, well, when we took over the church, it had been in existence for six years. Pastor George and Hazel had planted it and pastored it. We came in as associates. We served for one year, and then we took the church as lead pastors. It was in a community center at the time. The uh, The morale was pretty low. Uh, the goal was to always get our own building. And so um, we had many uh, false starts, uh, many disappointments. Uh, but we were able to find a piece of land um, in uh, in the northwest part of the city, just a little less than three acres. Yeah. And uh, we purchased it. Um, a year later, we built what we call phase one, um, which could hold about 220 people. Um, kind of disappointed. Uh, we scaled back the original project, but because of finances. Yeah. Um, but we ended up filling it, and then we went to two services, and then within five years, we built Phase 2, which was really our bigger auditorium, uh, which could seat about 450, and um, we filled that, went to two services, and then um, just a year and a half ago, we broke ground to do what we call Phase 3, and we just completed that in June. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. And it's beautiful, beautiful facility. Uh, now, now you pastor in Calgary. It's a large city, uh, but you've really focused and and have for for as long as I can remember your reach. Once you moved into Royal Oak, you really focused on on the Royal Oak community uh, surrounding your church. Tell, tell us your thinking behind that strategy. Well, to be honest, it was it began with I I guess I hate to say it, but maybe a little selfish motivation. Um, we purchased the land, which was easy. Yeah. But anytime you go to build a building, it can be a little bit uh, challenging, depending on how the community responds. Yeah. Um, you know, you, they, you have that not in my backyard. And we had experienced a little bit of that as far as other areas go. So when we went to go see the community association with our blueprints in hand, um, one of the things we told them right off the bat is that this facility could always be used by the association and the community. And if it was a a community association event, we would not charge uh, any money. They could use it for free. Right. Now, you know, that was was part of our sales pitch, I guess you could say. (laughs) But of course, you know, we did declare it and we we have lived with that right from the get-go. So right from the beginning, our focus was to be 
to be a blessing to the community. Uh, the community of Royal Oak, Rocky Ridge has no um, community center, and they never have had plans to build one. Wow. So we thought, well, you know, we could be the community center, and, and that's sort of how it, it all, how it started and, and kind of developed. And it's been really effective strategy for for reaching into that. You've had a lot of people from the community then begin attending the church because they've come into through community events or been in the building. Oh yeah, and so there are so many community events, all the way from you know condo um, association meetings to the Red Cross um, blood donor clinic meet here six times a year. Um, just a whole list of things that go on in the building. Yeah, it's community related, and of course, yeah, people come in the building, they look around, they get curious, and some of them end up checking us out on Sunday. That's cool. Now, you also do a, a major function every uh, year. I think it's in June, right? I, I, the Family Fun Day, uh, where you have a—I mean, it's just a—you turn the whole facility into this big uh, party for for uh, families and for kids and, and, and all that, you have thousands of people coming out to that event. So tell us about, about the event, um, and the effect it's had on the church. Yeah. And so we started that event surprisingly enough in varsity varsity was where we rented the community association. Yeah. So we started this event called family fun day. And when we moved here into our facility, we thought, well, we'll continue to do it. Uh, and we have continued for, the last 10 years, uh, or more, actually 15 years, actually, by the time flies. Wow. And slowly it has built over the years. So now it's a, an event. It's kind of like a carnival. Uh, we get over 2,000 people out. And wow. the neat thing about it is when you have an event that builds over the years, um, you know, we used to pay 90% of the budget of the event came out of our pocket. But as an event builds, you get people who want to sponsor things more and more. And so now um, it's completely changed. 90% of the cost of the event is sponsored by um, vendors and, and things like that. So, wow. Uh, and so, so it, it, it has become a, a real fun event. And um, people come out every year. Matter of fact, this year it was kind of funny. Um, I became um, part of our facebook community so our community i live in the community of rural oak uh, or rocky ridge um, yeah which is just across from our church and they have a facebook uh page and so they're always talking about community stuff and uh, everything from i lost my dog to you know i found a bike or but you know this year i i went on it and i i saw people saying hey you know i I heard that they're having this family fun day event, you know, that church. Some people said, I heard that church down the road is having this family fun day thing. Has anybody ever been to it? And then just the dialogue on, on the Facebook page was incredible. Yeah, I went, you know, what's it like? Oh, it's awesome. Do they preach at you? No, no, it's not like that at all. You know, it's great for the kids. And so the dialogue was going on Facebook and I was watching it. This is about a week before the event this year, so it's kind of funny. That's cool. That's really cool. So, I mean, you do you do, you have bouncy castles, you have a barbecue, you do you do a whole bunch of you you have games inside the facility as well as in the parking lot all around. Inside, outside, a petting zoo, and um, yeah, and it basically it's free. Although you know, the, there's a small fee for the food, just a small 
I mean, people buy tickets, and uh, but everything else is free, and um, and it's very well attended. So we get uh, the community. We do it in conjunction with the community association. Yeah. So what they like to do is they like to do what they would call community events, inclusive events. Uh, you know, as many times as they can. They've seen that our event has been very successful, so we do it in conjunction with them. That's really cool. That's awesome. I, I, you had talked about you know growing up and uh, when you got born again, you were born again into a charismatic church, and you can you've been pastoring charismatic churches. But I remember years ago, uh, you shifted your focus and style of ministry to to more of outsider, seeker sensitive type uh, type church and type ministry. So talk to us about that shift in in you and in philosophy and in in your church and how you've pastored and and why you felt strongly to to go that way yeah so we had to ask the hard question um questions uh does our culture and behavior on the inside of the church uh, it does it really harmonize with our sign that says everyone welcome mm. and we we came to the conclusion that in many ways in some ways it didn't and so that comes down to how long our services are you know, how long a worship, how long your worship um, uh, time is. Right. right. Um, to, to, to how we preach our messages and, and what we preach. So we grappled with all of that. And it took, it took quite a while. It probably took over a year of just thinking and, and asking those questions and, and trying different things uh, to where we, we finally decided, hey, you know, we are, we're going to go in this direction. Wow. So how did you how did you wrestle with the the critics that would have been out there saying, okay, well if we go this way, we're going to be compromising or limiting the Holy Spirit or how how did you how did you wrestle with all of that? Yeah, well, we had lots of critics and actually when we began to actually pre preach the vision and implement it, we did have um people leave. Um but you know, I was sold on 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 what I was doing. So yeah. you know, I could see it clearly in scripture. Uh, that uh, that we needed to uh, to reach the lost, and I don't know how um, you know reaching the lost grieves the Holy Spirit. You yeah, I mean that is the mission of the Holy Spirit. It is. It's so true. Yeah, and Jesus said, "I came to seek and save that which was that lost." So yeah, so you know we held our ground, and um, at first it was it was challenging for sure. Yeah, yeah. we had lots of critics. Uh, uh, quite a few departures, but you know the interesting thing is we, uh, as people were leaving, we also saw people were coming. Yeah. So we saw fruit immediately. You start you started seeing fruit immediately. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that is awesome. And then I mean that was kind of a turning point for the church too. I mean it, it began to grow at at a, at a different rate as well. So what what's been your most effective strategy as a church for for winning souls? Well, you know, that's a great question, you know, because the whole topic of, of winning the loss is is a huge one and and and, and a challenging one. Yeah. yeah. I, I met with a pastor yesterday who, you know, was wondering should I close my church, you know? because uh, wow. I haven't seen new people come in months and months. And um you know, I, I I, I don't know. I, I, in some ways, I don't know what to say sometimes to pastors. But for us, I can share what's worked for us. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we do invest in, in what we would call outreach events. 
Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we were meeting in a coffee shop and I told him, I said, look, you know, um, if you were to, you know, look at the, 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 um, the, the plan of this coffee shop, right, the business plan, um, the owner would have a lot, some money to staffing, some money to product, some money to keeping the lights on. But, you know, the owner would also invest some money in advertising. A certain percentage of the budget is invested in advertising. Yeah. yeah. So if we look at that from a church perspective, we would call advertising outreach. And so we have to invest a, a certain amount of resource, and resource is time, money, effort into outreach. Yes. And so we've we've experimented over the years. Um, we we always like we just talked about. We do our a, a big outreach in June, our family fun day. Yeah. Um, we we also every winter we do a winter barbecue, which you know we started doing five years ago. It's right in the middle of February. Um, sometimes, we which is which is pretty brave in Calgary, yeah. to do a barbecue. <laughs> yeah, sometimes we can do it outside because the weather. We get a Chinook. Some other times we do it inside. But you know what? We always have fun. We have uh, we get a we get a a, a horse driven wagon. We do yeah. rides, and games, and things, and um, and then we do other events. You know, smaller events. We have what we call a couples cafe. We do it twice a year, and um, and uh, other stuff like that. Uh, uh, Christmas and Easter is is a wonderful time to do outreach. Yes. And so, what we like to do is we like to do something big on both those days. Those are the big days. And what we find works for us is, um, let's say, you know, you 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 have a you have Easter is here. Easter Sunday is here. Um, a lot of times what we'll do is we'll launch an outreach series. We call them outreach series. Right. Um, the Sunday after Easter. Ooh, that's good. That's really good. So we'll get people in, in on Easter because a lot of people like, like to go to church on Easter. But, you know, I mean, the goal is to get them in after Easter. And so we will do a series of messages that will kind of connect with everyone. Right. right. So you'll take, you'll take a good, a, a typical harvest time at Easter is a typical harvest time and you'll maximize and you'll, you'll put your effort and, and, you know, dollars in a time when you're going to have more visitors than, than would be normal naturally anyway. And you'll just maximize that. Right. And then we'll have a card sitting on the seat and, you know, maybe a video, you know, some multimedia and we'll say, Hey, you know, we are beginning a, Brand new series series on marriage, family, um, various topics that really touch everyone. Right. Next Sunday, we'd love you to come up. Yeah. Right. And I've seen people, people come back, and um, you know they come for one, then they end up coming for the next, and you know before you know it, they've been in church four or five times, and uh, and then you know, lo and behold, some of them give their hearts to the Lord. That's cool. That's really cool. So how, how many salvations or, or baptisms did, did the church have last year? Okay, so we don't count salvations. And I guess I'm a bit of a stickler with this. Okay. Um, you know, I went to an outreach um, this Christmas at another church. Um, we were actually serving there. Yeah. Uh, our church was serving. It's, it's, an, um, it, it, it's, it's kind of, um, yeah, 
how shall I say, it's kind of a street ministry thing. Yeah. And and the pastor, you know, preached the salvation message, and he said, okay, all of you who want to give your hearts to Christ, I want you to lift your hands, and some did. And then he said, and you know, those of you who lifted your hands, we have a special packet that we want to give you with some gifts inside, and so you really want to think about it, and if you want that, lift your hands. And so twice as many people lifted their hands. And then um, the next thing I, I hear is that the pastor is talking about how many got saved that night. Yeah. Well, you know what? To me, probably, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they got saved. They certainly got their package with a gift in it. <laughs> and so to me, you know, I, I don't know. Everybody has to be comfortable with what they do. We don't count salvation. So Interesting. if lifts their hands, you know, they might have got saved, but they might not have gotten saved. Um, but we do count baptism. Okay. okay. And so last year we baptized about 35. Cool. New, yeah. Very cool. All right. So tell, tell me about somebody in the church who, who you baptized or that, you know, got saved in there and how their, how their life, they, they came in maybe through an event or they came in uh, on a Sunday because of, uh, of a marriage series that you're doing and their life got changed. They got born again, uh, would typically not be a church goer. Tell me about somebody there. Yeah. So, so we have a few stories like that. Uh, one of the most recent ones is we do an event called couples cafe. Yeah. We do it twice a year. It's on a Friday night and it's a real fun event. We, uh, we, we have little cafe tables and we do it in our sanctuary. And so although everyone's together, the couples are, are actually just with themselves because they're at a little cafe table. And, um, and so it's a really fun night. We give a little teaching. There's, um, there's dialogue that takes place. In other words, we have questions that the couples ask each other yeah. that fit with maybe our 20-minute long teaching that we give. And then there's raffles and stuff. So anyway, I met a guy there this last time. Uh, who was very standoffish. He didn't want to talk to me. It was his first time in church. And so um, I noticed that he had come with a couple who are from our church. So I asked them, I said, who's that? And they said, oh, those are our friends. And um, and we brought them tonight. Um, but just to let you know, that guy, he's an atheist. And um, he wants nothing to do with God. And I said, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. That's why he doesn't really want to talk to me, the pastor. Yeah. And so, so anyway, he, 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 he was there that night. And then about two Sundays later, lo and behold, who's sitting in church with this guy? Wow. wow. And so I was surprised, um, but I kept watching. And so he came once a month. And then next thing you know, he's coming twice a month. <laughs> and then next thing you know, he's coming every Sunday. Wow. Well, about three Sundays ago, um, I gave an altar call. Like, we do ask people to lift their hands if they want to receive Christ. I do that quite often. He lifts his hand. And um, I thought, wow, that's kind of neat. Next thing you know, I find out he's in our baptism class because we're doing a baptism. A few weeks later, he gets baptized at our church picnic. Wow. Um. Just this Friday night, I we did a men's barbecue, and he was there. And so I had an opportunity to talk to him, and I said, hey, that was awesome that you got baptized. And he said, yeah, he says, this has been just a whirlwind for me. 
<laughs> so he shared a little bit about what happened, about how he was an atheist, not a hard, you know, fast atheist, but he, but God just started revealing himself to the guy and wow. showing up, and he would ask questions, and God would somehow, you know, answer, and and he has really given his heart to the Lord. It's really wow. good to see. So even on Sunday, and I get quite excited when I talk about these individual stories, because yeah. You know, I looked over at him because the funny thing is, is the people who brought him to the church, they're in the habit of sitting right at the front. Yeah. <laughs> of course, just sit with them. Yeah. And um, even when they're not there, you know how it is. They just get used to sitting there. And he's sitting with his wife right at the front. Both of them got saved. And he's closing his eyes, worshiping God. Wow. He's passing. That is awesome. That's that's why we do what we do. I mean, th those stories right there just makes everything worthwhile, makes all the criticisms they receive and all the rest of it just makes it all worthwhile. Yeah. Now, you know, the neat, the interesting thing is he would have probably have never come to church on a Sunday. Right. But this couple's cafe thing, you know, kind of, it's a dessert night, right? And it kind of got his interest and his wife wanted to come. And so that's one um, front door event that we you know, we do that maybe might bring some of it. That's really cool. You've also had a, a very, always had a very creative way of doing small groups. And uh, you, you've gone through different, different ways of different methods of, uh, of doing this, but tell us some about some of the methods that you've used um, and what's worked, what hasn't worked and what you're doing now and why. Okay. So we, for years did the traditional small group model and that's where, you know, you run your typical small groups, you have your small group leaders, and um, they meet every week. Uh, and hopefully, you know, the vision is that everybody in the church will become part of a small group. Right. Uh, we did that for, for many years, but we found that they have a tendency to peter out. Mm. Uh, so a group that starts strong with maybe, you know, 12 or 15, by the end of the year, there's three people coming. Right. Um, the leaders are getting discouraged. The groups are getting stagnated. So quite a few years ago, it, it, now we decided we were going to change our model. And I read a book um, about uh, what they call uh, free market uh, small groups. It's kind of a funny name. But basically his, his idea is that um, you offer small groups during terms. Okay. So, so a term would be a small a fall term and then a spring term. And these groups are topic driven. And so um, and, and, and so we decided, you know, we're going to embrace this model. And uh, what you do is you have a variety of topic driven small groups. Right. Uh, so they would range from things like studying the Bible to. We've had small groups that have to do with cooking, to walking dogs, to hearing the voice of God, to budgeting, guitar lessons, small groups, um, all different topics. And so you present these small groups on what we call, it's called Rally Sunday. Yeah. And the small group leaders uh, set up their table in the foyer. And it's like a, it's sort of like a, like a, you know, people go around and they see all the different small groups that are being offered that term. Wow, cool. Like a trade show. Yeah, like a trade show. That's the word I'm looking for. 
So now some small groups um, last for six weeks, some eight weeks, some 12 weeks. Yeah. But then they end. So they have a specific beginning and a specific end. And what we do is we print a catalog with small groups in them saying exactly what they're about, who's leading them, when they meet, what time time they meet, where they meet, and, and the beginning and the end. So it starts on this time, it ends on this date. And so people know exactly what they're signing up for. That's really cool. That's good. And and so with those the small like the the shorter small groups and and with the different variety of small groups in those different terms. So you're not getting a small group that's sticking together necessarily through multiple terms. They'll do one term and then maybe they'll take another interest. Right. So what happens is that most of the small groups meet and then they end. Right. They disband. Some say, "Man, we've had such an awesome time being together. Let's just stay together. We'll do another topic." Okay. So some do, some do morph into what we call continuous small groups. Yeah. And we always encourage that because, and I don't want to take too much time talking about it, but there are pros and cons to every model. Um, you know, the 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 advantage of term groups like we do is that new people tend to join them more quickly. Right. Okay. Because look at catalog and they say hey you know this is on a topic of hearing the voice of god or how to budget or how to do your taxes it starts on this date it ends on that date you know i'm not locked in forever and they do sign up right that's one of the advantages one of the disadvantages of that model is the the community aspect in other words connecting at deeper levels yeah might be hindered because it begins and ends Right. Do you find that people network more, you know, or, or have create more relationships? Like, what has it done uh, relationally in within the church when when you have term groups like that? Well, certainly, people say, you know, this was a positive experience. I really liked it, and so the next time we offer small groups, they are more apt to sign up. Right. Now, as far as them, you know developing deep prayer partners and things like that and accountability things that's probably the weakness of the model right and so that's why to continue or become a continuous group we always encourage that right that makes sense that's very that's very interesting that's good so in our church we have two types of small groups one is continuous they just meet uh, through the year together, yeah. and we have term groups that, that start up in the fall and the spring, and then they have a beginning and an end. That's really cool. That's uh, very, very cool. All right, so you also have a very multicultural church. Um, you've got, uh, I don't know what, I think what you said, you know, you told me once you got 60% of your church, I think it was, is African in, in some way. So talk to us about the benefits. You got Filipinos, you got, you've got uh, a wide variety of that. So talk to us about the benefits of being a multicultural church and maybe some of the challenges that that causes. And, and in particular, how does that affect your ability to win souls? Yeah. So for whatever reason, our church has over the years developed, um, in, in very much in that way. Uh, it hasn't been um, by plan. It's not like we sat down and said, we want a multicultural church. What do we, what should we do to make it happen? The church just grew that way. Yeah. Um, so much so now that I guess you might say that whites, uh, white Canadians are a minority 
in our church. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, so, so I think some of the advantages to that is, um, I think it's appealing. Uh, we have over probably 38 nations represented in our church. Wow. I think it's, it's appealing in that it does kind of fit with, with what even Canada is all about. Yeah, that's true. Um, and uh, just the multicultural emphasis that, that uh, we, we, our nation uh, likes to, uh, you know, it's a value our nation embraces. Another thing, I, I think it's, uh, it's theologically um, accurate. I, I believe yeah. that the church, whenever you look at it in Scripture, is every kindred nation tongue. So, you know, I think there's some beauty in that. Yes. You know, I've often preached that the, that the church, like if you if you look for a type of church, you know, there's 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 types in the Bible. If you look at a type uh, uh, in the Old Testament of the church, uh, one one type in the Old Testament is Joseph's coat. Right? I right. see that as the church. Joseph's coat of many colors. To me, Joseph is a type of Christ. His coat is a type for the church. So I've always had a, a passion for seeing the church being multicultural. And um, not that we've planned it that way, but it has been an inner passion for me. Yeah. And over the years, our church has become. That's very cool. I think is attractive, but of course it does come with its challenges. Yeah. So one of the challenges could be, like, if you were a white Canadian, you came to our church, you might look around and say, wow, you know, I'm not the majority here, Um, (laughs) you know. uh, So, you know, that might be a challenge for some people. Of course, some people might find that quite attractive. Yeah. I think some of the challenges of pastoring a multicultural church, um, you know, has to do with... uh, with what we would call silos right that develop and that would mean that the nigerians hang out with the nigerians and right. the the Ghanese speak the, the hang out with the people from ghana the filipinos hang out with the filipinos right we're we're always having to challenge that wow and so that can be a that that can be um, a weakness. So you challenge that. You challenge that with with preaching. With I mean, and, and again, that would come back to your term small groups. I mean, you could you can encourage mixing and mingling with all all different kind of backgrounds in those as well. Yeah, and so I do preach on it. Um, you know, when I talk about the because one of our values. So we have five values in our church. Yeah, one of our values is embracing all cultures. So for us. That is a value, and whenever I preach our values, and whether I, when I preach on that value, I talk also about the weaknesses within the values. Right. That we don't want to be just cloistering ourselves in cliques, and so I challenge the people not to do that. That's really good. Um, now, another another challenge with a multicultural church is just the pastoral care stuff can be right. can be a little more challenging. So how you pastor people from different cultures, um, you know, takes a little bit more for 
site right because they have different expectations they have different methodologies or yeah that's that would be interesting yeah so for instance you know we have a marriage ministry here in our church we have a counseling ministry that my wife heads up um but some cultures um they're far more private right so for them to even pick up the phone or send an email to say i'm having marital problems is culturally inappropriate. Right, right. So they would rather sit alone and suffer than reach out for help because for them, it's it's not it's it's not a, a positive thing culturally for them to do. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's really cool, man. This has been so good, and and thank you so much for for doing this and, and taking the time to do this with us. Is there anything that I should have asked but didn't? No, I think we covered all of it. You know, um, I am like you, concerned about the state of the evangelical church. Yeah, um, I meet with a lot of pastors, and um, you know, I think there is a, a level of discouragement. Um, and so, you know, but I do believe that, you know, we're in an hour. Sure, the things might be getting a little darker, but uh, it gives us more of an opportunity to shine a little brighter. Absolutely. Yeah. So I do think uh, God has a plan for the church in this hour. And yes. It's a good plan. Yeah, that's that's so good. And I've been sensing, too, I don't know if you have or not, but you're sensing a real urgency uh, of the times and an urgency. That's why we're starting this podcast is, uh, you know, or started it, that we're an urgency to awaken the sleeping giant that is the church to soul winning and to uh, to constantly reaching into our communities. And and so, man, you guys are doing it. We're excited about that. Thank you for your time. If 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 there's pastors that are listening, they want to connect with you, have questions, um, would like to dig a little deeper. How can our listeners connect with you online? Well, I mean, uh, our website, certainly uh, Royal Oak Victory Church, R-O-V-C dot C-A. Yeah. And then, of course, our Facebook page. Um, and uh, any pastor who wants to email me uh, personally, my email address is Dave, D-A-V-E, at R-O-V-C dot C-A. Perfect. So, yeah, that'd be awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time again. This has been This has been very good. And, uh, man, it's been great to have you on. Yeah, well, thank you for the opportunity, Kelly. I really appreciate it. What a great conversation with Pastor Dave Myers of Royal Oak Victory Church. So much in there. <laughs> mm -hmm. He, he yeah. touched on a lot of different topics, but really, mm -hmm. really good. What was your big takeaway? Um, I think one of the biggest takeaways I had was everybody wants to put a sign out front that says everybody welcome, but not everybody has the culture to sustain that. So I think good. that really stood out um, as well as the community engagement side, of course. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I love mm -hmm. that because I think every church has everyone mm -hmm. welcome and yet does our yeah. culture and our behavior match that I heard a great definition of culture where it was culture is it is does defined by our talk with our behaviors. Yep. So talk plus behaviors equals culture. And I think if we just talk everyone welcome, but we don't yep. behave like everyone is welcome, um, then we we have uh, some problems. So yeah. I think I read a, a book <laughs> recently that said, you know, everyone has says they have the friendly, you know, the friendliest church, mm -hmm. 
Yep. But is your church a place where they can make friends? And I was that's like, awesome. man, so, so, so good. good. So much good stuff in GoCast. Where can people connect with us? Yeah, you can reach out to us on our social media platforms. We have a Spotify account, YouTube. You can find us on Apple uh, Podcasts and yeah, on our website. Awesome. And you can also engage with us in social media, in conversations back and forth. We'd love to connect with you and your church. So you can join us on Facebook or on Instagram as well. Next week, we have a great conversation with Pastor Shanu from India. He's from mm-hmm. Lucknow, India, the Assembly of Believers Church in Lucknow, India. Here's a little excerpt from our conversation. Right. So we have strategized in such a way that we have a different strategy for the city churches and different strategy for the village churches, for the, for the remote churches, the urban churches and the remote churches. So what we do is uh, for the city churches, we have our city Bible colleges where guys come from the city. And for the uh, village, we have these village uh, Bible colleges and they come to that place. They live in that same surroundings because once you take a remote guy into an urban place, he does not feel like going back. Yeah. That's a major problem because he's comfortable now with the air cons, with, with the media and with the, with the things of with the bright things of the city. So we try and pick boys, uh, ministers from the village and train them into their own circumstances and then send them back into the villages. They speak the same language. They understand uh, the dialect. They are people from themselves and then they can grow. So that has been one of the major win thing for us. And, wow. uh, and we, really back, we stand with them. And uh, God has been really good in blessing us so that when we have these village ministries, uh, we ask the people of the village to give us the land and so that we can build. But none of them would give us the land to build the church. So we tell them, if you donate us, donate the land, we will have a free school here. Wow. So they're happy to, because a lot of uh, villages in India do not have uh, education. Right. So uh, illiteracy rate is really, really bad. Wow. And uh, uneducation is one of the biggest problems right now in India. Yeah. So illiteracy is a major problem. So anybody is happy to donate their land for free school. And we tell them, if you give us the land, we will get the free school going and we will dig a well. Yeah. So that you can have clean water, because that's the second major health issue that that's that's uh, uh, the people in the villages do suffer with. Can't wait for next week and our conversation with Pastor Shanu. He oversees man thousands of churches and and tons of ministries in India, making a big impact and leading soul winning movement. You're not going to want to miss that conversation. Thanks again for joining us at GoCast, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us for this episode of GoCast. We hope you feel inspired and better equipped to take your community for Christ. Make sure to subscribe to receive each new episode as it's released. Let's go and break the stat together.